Andre, how's it going? Hey, man, we, we had some great NFC, AFC championship games. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. I had a great weekend, and I hope you and the family weekend was great as well, man. Hey, it was a wonderful weekend. A little dusting of snow in the environment. You know, uh, like you said, primetime NFL playoff championship matchups. Uh, we're going to get into that real quick. Want to highlight a situation with you, Mr. West Philly Hippie, in the good old days sports podcast, and none other, like you said, than the big Aristotle, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, tapping in on your platform. Tell us about that real quick. Well, you know what I mean? That's my guy, me and my guy. We doing the hot takes platform. That's what we building right now. Shout out to my guy, Neighborhood Olympian. You know what I mean? He did a post. Man, I'm always talked about it. You know, it's barbershop talk. Who will be better? Joel and B matching up against a Shaquille O'Neal. We always feel like Shaq and Shaq. We know Shaq is going to do the, the famous move, back, back, boom. That's the back you down twice. Oh, and I'm going to yam right on you. And, and, and Shaq got to play now against somebody that can, can, can handle the ball outside of the paint, can handle it where the three-point line is. He can create his own shot. He can catch and shoot. He can take you in the post. He has every offensive facet to his game that you need. And Shaq, I don't think we'll be able to handle playing on the top of the key, playing out to the three, having to defend the guy who can blow right by him at any given time. Shaq is going to give Joel that work. But the question is, who would be in foul trouble first? And what era of rules are we playing in? Can I put an arm up on your hip without getting a foul call? That's another thing. But in my opinion, Joel is the supreme being of sinners. We have never seen nothing like Joel and B ever. So enjoy it while it's here because I love it. Shout out. doesn't get much better or bigger than Shaq. I was one of the biggest Shaq fans in the world. You know, loved watching him and Kobe do their thing, even as a Celtics fan. You know, at the same time, I do not think that Joel Embiid gets nearly the love and attention for his game, like you said, because you're talking about uh, somebody with every skill set in the book, can knock down his free throws, uh, wants to win worse than anybody in the league, you know, it seems like a guy that I'd want to play play with, be in the locker room with, all that kind of stuff. So shout out to Joel as well. I mean, it's a it's a it's an impossible argument, and those are always the best arguments to have. Hey man, I'm just happy Shaq came through, and then he posted it up. So obviously, it provoked a nice conversation. You know what I mean? So we got some love shown to us. Thirty four million people on his page. He that's following the guy. So. You know, I mean, that was a blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful the guy Shaq did that for us, man. Thank you, Shaq. Shout out, Shaq. Okay, so first question, we're gonna dig into the AFC title game, AFC Championship. You know, this was uh, the game that you and I, I think, were most, you know, uh, hyply anticipated to see. You know, the matchup of this year's MVP, Lamar Jackson, former mm -hmm. MVP, and the, and the sort of, you know, I don't want to say goat to be or anything silly like that, but Pat Mahomes obviously has got quite the resume in the playoffs at this point. So, I mean, how do you want to attack this? We can start with just Lamar let's, let's, versus let's Patrick Mahomes. Pat. Let, let's start with this motherfucking Pat, man. This is the first time Pat Mahomes been on the road. Think about his career leading up to the playoffs this year. Every year he's been in the playoffs since he got drafted. He's been at home. 
home playoff games your whole career. This was something new. Going on the road and winning, and then you go to Buffalo. You you get you got lucky. You got a fucking victory over Josh Allen, that hostile environment in Buffalo, and then you go to Baltimore. It was a close game. It was a, a, a heavyweight battle. It was a defensive old-school physical football game. And they still walked out of Baltimore with a win. This motherfucker don't lose. And I tell you this all the time. When the train is about to derail for this guy, it seemed like it stayed on track. Nothing goes off derailment for Pat Mahomes. Nothing never goes left for Pat Mahomes. A broken play can be made by Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes get all the calls because he's Pat Mahomes. I hate Pat Mahomes, man. I'm tired of this shit. And I'm an Andy Reid fan. I love Andy. But damn it, I can't take it, man. I can't. I can't. And I'm tired of seeing fucking Taylor Swift salute to all the Swifties out there. But 11 catches meant that I needed to see Taylor Swift 11 times. That's how many catches Travis had. He went crazy yesterday on a Baltimore Ravens defense that was looked at as the best in 10 years of the NFL. In the last 10 years, this was the best defense. And they just still wasn't enough. That's two years in a row. The Eagles had the most sacks in NFL history. We didn't get a sack in the Super Bowl. And then this guy go up in Baltimore with that defense, that hostile environment, Lamar, the soon-to-be second two-time MVP. Oh, Pat, oh, I want to see this motherfucker lose so bad. It kills me, John. It kills me, bro. Hey, well, you know, just like we said last week, Patrick Mahomes reminds you of that ascending Michael Jordan, where at some point in time, every I, I'm I, I was just like everyone, just everybody else. Michael kept winning, and at some point, you just got to become a Jordan fan, right? You you gonna bow down eventually. I'm not ready to take a knee yet. I'm not ready to bow before the king. If he's the king, I'm not ready to take the knee and acknowledge him. I'm not kissing the ring. I hope San Francisco get them the fuck out of here. I don't want to see Pat win another Super Bowl again. I love Andy Reid. I love Steven Spagnuolo. Shout out to those guys. The Andy Reid coaching tree is one of the best that ever, you know, was created. I'm happy Andy seeing the success he's getting. You know what I mean? After I look at it like Donovan, he had success with Donovan, but Pat took him to levels and new heights that he wouldn't he didn't reach with Donovan. And it hurt me, man, because Andy, Andy, again, my thing is when you are a Philly legend, you can walk anywhere in this city. Nobody bother you. You're gonna be praised. People gonna love you. You could go anywhere in the city to eat for free. People will be gladly to pay for your fees and fares. You're gonna be a made man in Philadelphia. And that's a huge thing. And then it just, uh, Andy Reid got this guy, and Pat Mahomes, this guy again. What? When does it go left? He he ended the game by throwing to the worst receiver on his team, the ice, the Baltimore Ravens, and, and Scatlin, Valdez Scatlin, a bum. This guy cost them games this year, and he confidently just threw it up in the air, and he caught it. Ah. It worked out for him. It worked out for him. And and like you and I were saying, hey, out the gate, 
KC came out, big drive, added some pressure maybe to the to the Ravens, but the Ravens responded, right? I mean, Lamar comes right back. He's making plays. He's catching his own passes, right? Like, yes. like if there was one thing that you could maybe critique Lamar about in this game, he missed on a couple deep balls. Everybody does that. But I thought that he legitimately should have tucked the ball and run it a little he bit more aggressively. Oh man, there was openness for him to run, but he was just and that 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 ain't a knock on him. I don't put this blame. I don't blame everybody. Going to blame Lamar. I don't blame Lamar. No, I, I must say he did have opportunities where he could use his legs. But Zay Flowers, buddy, buddy, I know the most. I know this was the biggest game of your life. You worked your hardest to get to this level. You got to the AFC Championship as a rookie, and you was out there making plays on those chief cornerbacks, and you just went and got, you know, you 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 acted your age, basically. But I'm going to say this. Referees, get that fucking flag in your pocket, please. Don't. It's, it's the game of emotions and stuff like that. You on the field, and you right there firsthand, you know these guys get emotional. It's, it's an emotional situation. This is a, a big game. People can make their, their livelihood, well, not their livelihoods, but they could add to their legacy. You know right. what I mean? And, and Zay Flowers just got caught up in the sauce. He spent the ball on the guy. I wouldn't have threw the flag, but the ref threw it. And then Zay Flowers, you got to hold on to that thing. You got to tuck that football. You can't fumble that rock getting to the goal line. You got to tuck that motherfucker, bro. Damn, that 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 cost him, that, that cost him right there. That play cost him, man. Yeah, every single time that the Ravens had an opportunity to build some momentum, and like I, I think momentum's a very real thing in sports, right? Yes, it people, is. Right, yes, it is. A lot of people ignore that uh, because it doesn't always come through with the scoreboard or whatever. But every single time Baltimore started getting that momentum going again, it was something that happened with the penalty flags. You know, Jadavian Clowney had that roughing the passer. Uh, I mean, I mean, would you throw in the flag at that? I mean, it. Was, I get it. I get it. How many of those hits Josh Allen took this year? The refs kept that that flag in their pocket. Fair, fair. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. No, Come on. I mean, and, Come on, you brought, football. and you brought up Travis Kelsey. I got to, I got to give a shout out to Travis Kelsey. I have never seen an NFL veteran, a future Hall of Fame NFL veteran, bait another very well-established veteran in Kyle Van Noy, the same way that Kelsey did on the field yesterday. Emoji play preyed on their emotions, brother. That's the that's one of the <laughs> rules in the in the 48 laws of power master manipulation tactics. If you want to know something, people read the book. And that's when he preyed on his weakness. He saw him amped up, turned up. I'm gonna poke you before the referee see me even get you and you get caught. You know what I mean? He, he just manipulated a situation. He was out there really. Hey, he affected the game on the field by making plays and getting the Baltimore Ravens mentally out the game, man. And there were a couple of costly penalties on the Ravens because of Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, play playmakers make plays. And, you know, Travis demonstrated, I think, a, a level of veteran savvy, not only in breaking off that whatever wrong route that he ran and caught the duck from Mahomes on that third down uh, conversion. But just him being this presence that I think was a much, much bigger influence on the game than even people realize. I mean, 
when he was jawing back and forth with that Ravens defense in motion, in and out of some of these plays, you knew that Mahomes, like you said, Mahomes was already in their heads. But then you you throw in Kelsey exacerbating the situation, like you said, laws of power. I mean, I mean bro, if you on a football field and, 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 and you got Pat Mahomes on the field with the potential of icing the game, that's going to make your anxiety levels go up a notch. You're definitely going to be – you're not going to be as cool and calm as you was in previous games. Now you feel the pressure. Now this is where the pressure – they say pressure bust pipes. So the, the, the pressure got to him. That you got the, the Patrick Queen penalty they called when he knocked over the offensive lineman. Well I, well, I really thought that he just wanted to get a safety to stop the clock, but because he knocked over the lineman, they're going to call unnecessary roughness and all that. And then on the like the last play with Valdez Scantlin, why don't you blitz Pat Mahomes? He wouldn't have had time to throw it in there. I'm gonna live and I'm gonna die with my defense for for everything. For me getting the ball back, my season on the line, I'm blitzing. That's why Valdez Scantlin was able to get the rock, and Pat Mahomes had the time to just throw that buttery soft biscuit up in the air, man. And to your point, before we move to the NFC, Kyle Hamilton, man, they said during the broadcast that Ray Lewis's favorite player on the uh, Ravens defense is Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton showed out. Like, like he did. He did, man. He's a beast. He was an animal at Notre Dame. I wanted the Eagles to draft him. We wound up with Jordan Davis, who will be a great player in the near future. But Kyle Hamilton, man, he looked like he's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be one of the best safeties in football, man. So he was definitely showing out. That was a break. It wasn't even a breakout game, but to be on the big stage, it had a type of game he had, the impact on the defense he had, making plays and guarding Kelsey. It's a hard job to, to try to guard Travis Kelsey, man. But he made plays on Kelsey too. But, I mean, uh, Kelsey made 11 catches on 11 attempts. So, I mean, my God, he had over, what, a buck, buck 10, buck 15. This guy was uh, – he just was Travis Kelsey-like. But that's what I'm saying, man. I would, If I was the Ravens, I would have blitzed on that last play. I'm going to live and die with my defense yeah. getting after the quarterback versus playing a coverage zone. And then I'm giving Pat the time to just throw one up. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That hurts, man. No doubt. All right, so moving now, NFC title game, Lions – Upstart team, you know, the whatever, underdogs all season long. Niners getting everybody, you know, love them up early in the season. They got a star-studded offense. And, you know, Brock Purdy, some people call him a game manager. Some people really like how this guy runs Kyle Shanahan's offense. Truth is always somewhere in between. But at the end of the day, I think we all know that the Lions had this game. They gave this game away, San Francisco 49ers fans. Y'all ought to think y'all lucky stars. Y'all did not dominate the Detroit Lions. They came up in your house. They was running the rock right up y'all gut. Jamison Williams, the first touchdown on a reverse, right up your gut. David Montgomery, over 90 yards rushing with a touchdown, up the gut. And you got Jamir Gibbs. He had, what, 45 yards and a touchdown. And he had a lot of uh, receiving yards. He had some receiving yards yesterday, too. Yeah, he was running it up your gut against a defense that's looked at as the best front line in football. 
Y'all couldn't do nothing against that Russian attack. And then Jared Goff, I told people, Goff, know y'all. He's been in the same conference with y'all guys, been in battles. He's seen the look already before. He was unloading that rock, hitting Amara St. Brown, hitting Jameson Williams. Sam Laporta had a great game yesterday. Great game. As a rookie. Great game, man. That was a great game. Hell of a game by the Sam Laporta. Those guys was getting with y'all. 24-7 going into the half. Listen, Detroit had it rolling. Then y'all came out, and y'all hit the switch, man. And then Detroit start dropping passes. Oh, God, was it Khalif Raymond? Who was it? That had the two drops. Reynolds. Oh. Reynolds rap. You've been making those catches all year, and you picked the second half to do that? Come on, bro. You you single-handedly cost them guys that game. Two fourth game down. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Man. I mean, look, I'm a live and die with Dan Campbell going for it. That's been his bread and butter. You live by it, you die by it. We don't switch up nothing. We got here because of this is how we play. The standard is we in four, town, four down territory as long as we past the 40-yard line on their end. Anything in that territory, we're in four-down territory. This has been Dan Campbell's MO the whole year. I don't want to hear he cost them the game. This is what he do. They didn't get the first down on fourth and one. And, 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 you know, it was a costly fumble from Jameer Gibbs. They gave the game to the 49ers. They had you beat. Y'all did enough to get the job done. Brandon Ayuk catch off of Brian Branches. Almost interception, and are you come up with the grab? Lucky plays got you over the hump, 49ers fans. I don't want to hear nothing. It basically amounts to that. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I do want to shout out some of these little uh call them scampers, right? That Brock Purdy had. I mean, <laughs> right? This dude ain't you know, he's not gonna confuse anybody with Randall Cunningham or whatever, but. <laughs> but he had a, he had a couple he had a couple you know moves out the pocket that that gained some yards for them and he looked all right doing it and so but I, I I fully agree with what you said in the sense that Lions have this game they uh to an extent felt like they went a little bit too much off script with that running game took the worked. foot off the gas brother that's what they did right they had it working until it wasn't working no more you know and uh so, I mean, I think everybody, myself included, was interested in seeing the Lions pull off that upset because who doesn't love seeing the underdog make it right at the end of the movie? It's Detroit. These guys never been to a Super Bowl. The first time they've been to an NFC championship since 1991. I was eight years old in 91. Eight. Barry Sanders was like two, three years in out of being on Oklahoma State. This is this is the level of of unfair play years after years draft picks being asked from the from the uh, uh what's my man name from Michigan State he came right after uh Plaxico Charles uh, Rogers. Rogers there you go drafting him Roy Williams drafted uh, uh Joey Harrington remember him Mister Mister Billboard. Come on, man, years and years. Then you go from that to the Matt Stafford and Megatron era. They might have went to a couple of playoff games, but y'all never got over the hump, and they finally got to the NFC Championship, finally became a relevant name again in football. I did not want to see them go out like that. You keep your foot on the gas. 
Don't take it off. Don't hit the brake. Don't slow down. You had them on the ropes. Go for the kill. Go for the jugular. You let them off the hook, man. We never like to see it. And as a result, it's the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl instead of the Lions being there. Okay. So given the fact that there is no football game this upcoming weekend, we're going to skip the prediction element of the program. And we're going to do a little bit of NBA because like we've been talking about, you got Embiid, you know, playing peak of his powers basketball right now. Obviously they just had that matchup against, you know, Jokic and everyone's giving Embiid the hard time or whatever. But the topic that we want to touch on here is the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks have a brand new head coach named Doc Rivers. And that is to some extent good news because we're both Doc Rivers fans. But I love that. Shout out Doc. But at the same time, how did that happen? Right? Is it Giannis, like you said, kind of being a little bit LeBronish and getting somebody out of, you know? Oh, no, I don't want to do that to Giannis. I don't want to attach that label to the Diva. I don't want to see Giannis being the GM. I don't like that. Number one, Adrian Griffin, before he got fired, the day he got fired, the Milwaukee Bucks had the third best record in the entire NBA. They also had the second best record in the East. Usually a coach get leeway to do their thing. That's that's good enough to get you, especially a team, the caliber of the Milwaukee Bucks. That should be enough to keep you continuing your job for the year. But somebody, somebody went to the owner and said he got to go. I'm, I'm only assuming, but when things like that happen, I got to go back to when David Black got fired. And they wanted Tyron Lewin. See, David Black didn't have the respect of the team because LeBron didn't respect David Black. So if the king not going to respect you, the other's not going to fall in line and respect you. Now you're going to be facing disrespect. People not going to buy in. They basically had a winning record. They were the number one seed in the East. And they still got David Black ousted. Who Tyron Lue wound up taking these guys to winning the chip that same year, if I'm not mistaken. But the fact of the matter is, somebody on that roster, and it was a player, they went to the owner and said he got to go. And who else got the power to do that? But Giannis. I mean, after all, he got his brother sitting on an NBA bench. Would this guy be on an NBA bench if Giannis was not in the NBA? Hell no. He'd be in the Euro League right now. But that's bad, man. That's yeah. bad. If Giannis, you did that, that's bad. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, man. Yeah, I get it if the coach is an asshole and the players all just looking at this guy like he's a fucking idiot. I can understand that. But this guy had a winning record. He didn't deserve to be fired. And it was his dream. He spent his, he, he paid his dues being an assistant, and he, he finally got the coaching gig and a coaching gig that could potentially get him an NBA championship, and y'all just fired a guy. I'm not really cool with that. I'm happy for Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is going to get a job anywhere. His name Doc Rivers. He's going to get a job anywhere. That wasn't an issue for me. I'm happy Doc got the job, but at the expense of Adrian Griffin getting his head chopped off, no, I don't like it one bit. And so how does this now make you look at the East? So you and I have talked a lot about the fact that the Celtics and the Sixers are both going to be in the mix. Um, the Bucks 
obviously one of the biggest additions of this offseason was them getting Dame Lillard, you know, and, and I think that Dame and Giannis and some of these guys, Lopez, whatever, they've proven to be a formidable bunch. They, they, they got some pieces there that are working, but how does the addition now of Doc Rivers sort of rejigger the Eastern basketball landscape at this time? So I must say this, it, it's going to take some months for the system that he has to be implemented. These guys going to play hard for Doc because this is what, you know, they wanted. And, and Doc Rivers is a legend in Milwaukee already from playing at Marquette University. So, you know, it, it's a great situation for both parties. Um, I'm expecting the Bucks to still maintain their position in the East. They're going to fall at least three, because, you know, it's a three-team race in the East. It's going to be between Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. And Philly, my squad, my beloved Sixers, if we could get an added piece, which is, could be, I would say, Alex Caruso, maybe off the bench, another guard, a, a Malcolm Brogdon type of player, we get that, we add that to the, uh, to the, uh, to the roster. I mean, I'm not looking for a Zach Levine or nothing like that. That's going to just mess up the trajectory of Tyrese Maxey. We don't need that. Maxey is the number two guy, and we need Tobias to continue doing what he's doing, being the third option, making timely buckets, making timely jump shots, getting to the rim. This is what we need from Tobias. I like our roster. If we could add, like I said, a Malcolm Brogdon or a Alex Caruso, I like our chances. And in Boston, it's Boston. They're loaded. They're ready. They made the trade for Drew Holiday. It's working out for them. They're, they're a better perimeter defensive team, but that what they lack is in the paint. Now, Porzingis, for me, is not a, 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 a defensive imposer where I'm scared to go and attack the rim. Like, he is seven foot three, but he's not a, like, like he, I don't fear him in the paint. So, th it's going to be about who's going to be showing up big. You don't have a Robert Williams no more. You, he was a great defensive center. We're going to see what it's going to be about in the playoffs when you got to deal with a Giannis or you got to deal with a Joel for a seven-game series. We saw how what y'all did with Joel last year. That was because James Harden didn't show up and Joel didn't show up in game seven. But I like our team. We have a much different team, and I love the length and, and, and the depth that we have on the, on the Sixers roster. So it, it's going to be a three-team race. I think Boston will win the division, but I see the Sixers climbing up as high as getting to the number two spot. I wouldn't be shocked if they even threatened Boston in the second half of the season after the All-Star break and get to the number one spot. We have that level of talent. I'm, I, I, I like us. Absolutely. The Sixers have an have incredibly deep team. And like you just said, they're big three, if you will. I don't know if you're going to find a better third option in basketball than Tobias Harris. Absolutely. I like Tobias. He shows up and they had a, co a couple of games this year where they all three had 30 points apiece. We need that type of production. I need Tobias to get in his mind to be uh, aggressive. An aggressive Tobias is a better Tobias, in my opinion. I'm with that. And at the same time, I think we just saw that the Celtics, I don't want to say got fully exposed by the Clippers, but that was an ass whooping and a half that they took, uh, you know, with Kawhi and those guys. And so I think that, you know, when you head into the playoffs, you know, especially now if you look at the West, I mean, Golden State, not a threat this year. Lakers look like they're about to blow up their whole roster once again, right? Phoenix, man, I don't think anybody ever thought that anything good was really going to happen with that Bradley Beal, you know, easy money situation down there. Not like they can't score the ball, but I just don't see them getting big stops. 
Yeah, they're not going to be able to stop the ball. That's right. I think it's just going to come down straight up to, you know, can the Clippers stay healthy? And of those three teams that we were talking about back east, you know, ironically now three teams that have all been affiliated with Doc Rivers, which one of those teams can emerge? I'm going to tell you right now, making my prediction, the Western Conference Final will feature the Los Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. Don Cheech. He is boy, him and Kyrie, they starting to get it together. They starting to get it together. Now I love Minnesota. I love what Minnesota got going on. I'm an Ant-Man fan. You understand me? I love his game. Carl Anthony Towns, what a jabroni. You're chasing Joel and B 70 point game. You got people telling you in your air he got 65, 66. And you chasing and you bringing your team down. And, and, and what 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 it couldn't happen to a better guy. But I will say they that the Minnesota Timberwolves are a great team. They look good. They're gonna be in the thick of it. And you gotta you gotta factor Phoenix because of the Devin Booker, KD, Bradley Bill, Trifecta. You gotta worry about them, but something about that Dallas team. Something about Derek Lively, the rookie that was a great draft pick. He's from Chester, PA, right outside of Philadelphia. He adds limp shot blocking ability to these guys, rebounding. He was a great draft pick, you know what I mean, for these guys. Luka and Kyrie, that's a deadly one-two combination. And they finally, it's working. Last year, they just got together right after the trade deadline, trying to figure out the roles and stuff like that. It didn't work out last year. This year, Jason Kidd got them rolling. Watch out for these guys. That's a scary team. You got to deal with a Luka who's motivated. Been to a Western final. Kyrie, he healthy. He's happy. He playing basketball, dominating. That's a scary team to deal with, man. Lakers versus the Dallas Mavericks in the Western finals. Okay. Clippers. Clippers. I was going to say. Lakers getting put out in the second round. They're going to get put out in the second round. And where in this landscape does the Nuggets land for you? The Denver Nuggets is out of here in the second round. They're getting out. They're getting ousted by the Dallas Mavericks or the Clippers. I think they got the Clippers look good. You got Zubak, good center. He does his job night in, night out. That he provides rebounding, shot blocking, rim protection. He's a he's a good center for what they have there. And then you got Kawhi. Kawhi's healthy. He got the bounce again. He got that shot going in. Like it, the, the the jumper is deadly when Kawhi is healthy. He looked good. Paul George looking good. Russell, you know, he's going to do what Russell do. He's a great – he finally bought into his position, you know what I mean, with with, with a team. He, bought, he, he understands that his game is diminished a little bit, but for his role, he embraces the role that he has. And he provides – Shot shot making ability, getting to the rim. You know what Russell provides. You know, he's a point guard that could pass and all that. And James Harden, he's the maestro of the team. James Harden is a jabroni. I hate James Harden guts. But on the Clippers, he's being used properly and he's embracing his role. And everybody's starting to, they coming together. I was one of the loudest people happy to see the Clippers lose. Well, I got to give them their credit. They are doing their thing. So that's going to be a scary team to deal with. When they go, if they go into the playoffs, no injuries. Who want to play the Clippers in a seven game series? These guys is rolling, man. 
Yeah, the rolling. And I got to say, Andre, I have heard not the hot take that you just threw down of the Mavericks being somebody that can come through the West and surprise some people. Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks, I think, have just sort of like, you know, kind of penciled in Jokic and Murray and these guys to be right back up in it. Nah, nah. They had their run. They had their, they, they, I ain't going to say their run, but it's hard to repeat. It's hard to get back. Dan Campbell said it yesterday in the press conference. He admitted it. He said this might have been the only shot we got, guys, because it's so hard to repeat it. It's hard to do that. And the same rules apply in basketball. They will be uh, – uh, uh, they they're, they're, they will have the opportunity to defend their title. Do I think they make the Western Finals this year? If you have a Lakers – I mean, a Clippers to deal with, a Dallas to deal with, even a Minnesota, because I can see Minnesota taking those guys out, man. Anthony Edwards is amazing. They have those guys with the exception of that bullshit game. Pat had 61 and lost to the Charlotte Hornets. Besides that game, it was 61 and 62, however – they are for real, and they just need to add maybe a piece or two. You got a good bench, in my opinion, Nas Reed. They got a good bench, but I don't see Denver doing it this year. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I respect the take. I like the take a lot. Dallas versus the Clippers coming out of the West, and, you know, hopefully we're looking at a seven-game Boston Sixers Bloodbath. That would you know. be amazing. There were two great conference finals. Lakers, I mean, Clippers, Dallas. I don't know why the Lakers on my mind. The hell with them. The Clippers and Dallas, Luka versus being guarded by Paul George and Kawhi. They're going to try to take turns to go at Luka. It won't matter. Luka going to fry them too, like he always do. Luka, in my opinion, shooting guard, point guard, he is the best guard in the NBA, hands down. Oh, I love Luka, man. He's nasty. Yeah, and he got that killer instinct. I love it. I yeah. love it, man. Yeah. No, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that would be insane to see on the same squad as Joel Embiid. Right? That would be, like, incredible to see both those guys. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't make Dream, man. That, that Don't make me dream, boy. Oh, man. That would be crazy, man. But I I I, I, lo I love what we got going on here with the Sixers. Maxi really stepped up his play like I knew he was going to do. This is we talking about a 22 year old youngster. He don't be on social media all crazy. Ain't done with the ladies. He not trying to show you the presidential or 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 or, or none of that. You know what I mean? He just in the gym. He in the gym, wor working on his game day in day out, early in the morning. Early, he up before older people that get up in the morning, and he in the gym working up a sweat. Working, this guy's gonna be around for a long time, and he will be an all star this year. Shout out to my guy Tyrese Maxey, man. Shout out to Tyrese Maxey. Shout out one more time uh, to Shaquille O'Neal, Andre. Shaq. As always, thank you for tapping in. Thank you for the education, and we'll do it again next week. We'll do it again next week, man. All right, man. You enjoy. All right, you too.